0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Know It All Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Jerry the Fantasy Football, Know It All. Hit me up on Twitter at FF Know It All, or you can email the show directly, know at gmail.com. Glad to have you guys aboard for the show. As always, thank you for tuning in. Today we're going to recap the League of Goons draft that was held last night. Now you might remember, my original intention was to record from the Cigar Club last night during the draft and provide uh, analysis during each pick. But while I was there, the turnout was quite a bit more than what I expected, and I I got to interacting with the guests. And rather than be glued to a microphone the entire time and not be able to interact with, with those who came out to be a part of it, We decided to do the draft kind of as a group. Uh, Obviously, I made the picks myself, but we discussed it. We had some fun, and um, I made the decision to do the recap show today instead. So here we are. We're going to do it today, and I'll take you through each round just like I would have done if it was a live draft, and I will tell you what was going through my mind, what was talked about. It won't be any different. That said, I have every intention of broadcasting live on location next year in Connecticut with the guys as we do the draft, but that is something that we can talk about another time. Now, before we look at the draft, I do want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is Bove Design. If you guys run a business, you might have a website set up that is not updated, or you might not even have one set up at all. That's where the folks at Bove Design come into play. Rob and company have all the tools that you need to be successful. So make sure you check him out on Instagram at bove.design, that's B-O-V-E.design. Let Rob know what you're looking for, whether it is a full website from scratch, tweaks to your old uh, outdated website, little patches here and there, uh, things he could do for you. He can also uh, provide you with logos. He does the one for the show here. So make sure you reach out to him and see what he could do for you. Remember, that's on Instagram, Design b-o-v-e dot design on instagram you and your business will be happy that you did well again it was great to see everyone out at the lounge last night a shout out to gerald mike mitch and of course joel the host there at charlotte cigar culture he's there all the time if you guys like cigars and you're in the charlotte area please give them a visit Plus, there was a surprise appearance by my good friend Marie and her husband Z. I did not expect to see them last night either, so it was uh, it, it was quite the surprise. So it was good hanging out with everybody. I had a blast, smoked some great cigars, had a couple of brews, just a good time overall. But now we gotta we'll cover the good stuff, I guess. Um, you guys know I had the fifth pick in the draft last night, full point PPR, which gives one point per reception, and it is also a six-point-per-passing touchdown league, so that gives less of an advantage uh, to the running quarterback over the pocket passer. It kind of evens, levels the the gap a little bit because six-point-per-rushing touchdown in in leagues like that, your Jalen Hurtses of the world, Lamar Jacksons, become a lot more valuable. This kind of bridges the gap because those two quarterbacks are going to be uh, arguably or, or whatever, they're going to be close to top five, uh, at least top eight, because of their running prowess. So um, that's the layout of the league. I was targeting two players from the fifth spot. Number one was Justin Jefferson. Number two was Dalvin Cook, not in any order. I was kind of going back and forth, really wasn't sure which way I wanted to go. Um, it's, a, a, again, in a PPR league, a, a, a receiver is valuable but dalvin cook is a three down back should be catching a lot of passes i did not get the chance to decide because after jonathan taylor went at number one which surprised absolutely nobody uh, the second pick was justin jefferson now that is less a shock when you realize that it was a vikings fan michael steinberg that made that uh, selection so um That means I had to hope that Dalvin Cook fell to me. I still had some other choices there. I would have had to pivot if he didn't. Uh, Austin Eckler went at number three. Cooper Cup went at number four. So now I was faced with not a dilemma, but a decision. I could go with Cook, which I was going to do from the beginning, but Christian McCaffrey had slid down to five. Do I believe that Christian McCaffrey is going to be the guy he was two seasons ago? I do not. Do I think he's a top five running back? I do. So I had to look at it from a security standpoint. I had something in place, a plan in place with Cook that I didn't have with CMC. So I went with my uh, my initial plan, and I just stayed on brand with Dalvin Cook. So I passed on Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you know, I spoke it. I talked about it with the group too, and uh, it was G that said to me, and he's a Panther fan through and through. He said he wouldn't take McCaffrey. So I took that for what it was worth, went with Dalvin Cook. That started a run of running backs, with CMC going right after that. Najee Harris, then DeAndre Swift, much to the displeasure of Chris Henderson, who he had in his sights as the guy that he was going to take. And then after Rob Bove snagged Derrick Henry, Henderson ended up with Joe Mixon. I honestly like Joe Mixon a lot. I cannot fault anybody for those picks. All good picks in the first round. Jamar Chase went next, and then Alvin Kamara closed out round one. Jamar Chase is probably the only one I would not have taken at the end of round one, and I don't believe I would have taken Cooper Cup in round one either. The rest of those guys I would have taken depending on where I fell in the draft. After selecting Cook, I said, okay, Maybe I can pair him with another top running back. That was really what I was trying to do. My sights were set on Aaron Jones, Saquon Barkley, but they were gobbled up before my turn. Kyle Pitts was the first uh, tight end taken at the uh, 205 spot, and Mark Andrews was picked a few, uh, was taken a few picks later. So now we had two tight ends gone by the middle of the second round, way too early for, for me. Uh, I I like those tight ends. I love Pitts, but not in the second round. So my turn came up, and with Aaron Jones and Barkley being gone, I was looking at Leonard Fournette or Nick Chubb. I like both of those guys as a second running back, but in looking at what was on the board, and I say this all the time, if somebody drops to you that you that you do not expect and you like this player a lot, Take them. Worry about the rest of your... Don't build a roster. Build a team. And C.D. Lamb was there. You guys know I love C.D. Lamb. I I think he has the potential to be not only a top three guy, but the the number one overall. He has the talent, and he's in an offense that can do it. So we went... Or I went ahead and grabbed C.D. Lamb. Uh, And I gambled here, too, because I was hoping that Fournette and Chubb would come back around to me at three if... Those who had already grabbed a bunch of running backs went with the uh, wide receiver and or or a tight end here. Travis Kelsey wasn't taken yet. Somebody might take a quarterback. This is why it's important to know who you're drafting with also. I know this group of people. We've been drafting together for this is the ninth year. You know what's going to happen here. Somebody is going to go off the rails and take something crazy, even if it's Josh Allen in the third round, which happened, by the way. But we will get there. So, uh, Nick Chubb was indeed still there when my turn came around in the third. So, like I said, I added him to the squad. I mentioned Josh Allen a minute ago. He came off right before Nick Chubb, and Justin Herbert was taken immediately after I made my pick. So, my running backs now in my mind were solidified. I had my first and second guy. I had my number one wide receiver. I was I was off to a good start. I was very very happy. So. Now I needed to build up my wide receivers. I had to add to uh, C.D. Lamb. If Kyle Pitts was still here, I might have been tempted or at least considered getting him at tight end. But he was gone, so Mark Andrews was gone too, and uh, Travis Kelsey by this point was gone. So there was no tight end that I was going to add in the third round at all anyway. So focusing on uh, on wide receivers, I was eyeballing D.J. Moore above all the rest. Cortland Sutton was right behind him. Brandon Cooks, T. Higgins, all great choices. I would have taken any of those guys as my wide receiver, too. There were a string of running backs taken in the fourth round. Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Cam Akers. Uh, That was all right in front of me. I obviously didn't need any more running backs. I had a plan in place for uh, backing up my starters. That would be later on in the draft. So right now, it came to a decision of Cortland Sutton and Brandon Cooks. I mentioned I would take either one of those as my wide receiver, too. So Sutton, to me, has was younger and has a higher upside. So I went with him. He's poised for a breakout. You guys know how I feel about Cortland Sutton. So Sutton came onto the squad alongside C.D. Lamb. And I knew for sure that Brandon Cooks would get taken before my next pick. So I set my sights on Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, guys like that. To my initial dismay, Chris Henderson grabbed uh, Robinson, Allen Robinson, late in the fourth round. I almost tilted, <laughs> but my uh, my anger, as it were, was short lived because everybody was passing on Brandon Cooks, like he had the plague. I mean, they drafted the likes of a Minor St. Brown, Juju Smith Schuster, even Jalen Waddle, who's questionable and second fiddle on an offense that's not very good. was taken before Brandon Cooks. So I said, I'll take it. My fifth round pick, of course, (laughs) Mr. Cooks. So things could not be going any better for me. I had two top flight running backs in my mind and three guys that I had been targeting in every single draft. Didn't think I'd get Lamb. Certainly didn't think I'd get uh, Sutton and Cooks as they were so close together. I was pretty pumped at this point. It was in the sixth round though, I started thinking, okay, maybe I can scoop up a tight end. I filtered by the position. There were still a bunch of good options. And I did mention I had a plan in place to back up my running backs. So I put that into place here in round six because this guy wasn't going to be, he would have been taken if not this round, certainly before I got another chance to pick and that is Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is the direct backup to Nick Chubb, but he also has flex appeal on his own. This guy can get you points. So I could start him in the flex position if I'm desperate, along with Nick Chubb at the running back, and, and not even think twice about that. So for me, it was a no-brainer. Grabbed me some Kareem Hunt. If for any reason Chubb gets hurt or Hunt ends up being traded, where there's still speculation that he might be, that he could be a league winner or certainly contribute in a huge way. So no-brainer for me. Uh, We will talk more about the importance of handcuffs um, on the next podcast. And also when we talk about another player later on, I will touch on it briefly. So the starting running backs that were being taken here got to be pretty sketchy pretty fast. Elijah Mitchell, Miles Sanders, Devin Singletary, you know... Hunt was better than all of them, so um, wide receiver was also starting to thin out here. Again, my next pick, I looked at tight end, but I-, I felt I should build some wide receiver depth. I had the three guys I liked, but one injury, and now I don't have any wide receivers. So um, Rashad Bateman was the guy that I had been kind of hoping for that would slide down to me, but unfortunately, he was taking two picks before me. But... There was still a guy available on the board that, in his last six games in 2021, was on pace for 93 catches, 1,300 yards, and 14 touchdowns. And with Joe Flacco starting the year as the QB for the Jets, I'm intrigued at the possibility of a breakout season for Elijah Moore. So I did put him on the bench alongside Kareem Hunt. Um, I talk all the time about building depth at wide receiver and running back. That's how you win championships. Again, we'll talk more about that during the week. But just to drive the point home, you don't need to be reaching for a quarterback here, Josh Allen and Justin Herbert in the third round. I'm never doing that kind of stuff, and I'm certainly not taking Kyle Pitts in the second round. It just it thins out your team in those spots that, uh, you know, I don't want to harp on it too much now because we will cover it, but just to drive the point home. Just don't do it. Don't do it for your own peace of mind. More tight ends came off the board. Uh, Chris Henderson and I had a running joke about Dallas Goddard. We, neither of us wanted him, but we ended up getting him in, in a lot of these drafts. So uh, The mock drafts we were doing. But he ended up taking him. He texted me beforehand and <laughs> said I wasn't going to like his pick. I thought it was funny. And TJ Hawkinson also went off the board. Now at this point, I felt I needed more running backs. So I activated the second part of my backup plan here... In round 8 And round 8 was my target for this the entire time It's early for most people But not for me I took Alexander Madison He is perhaps the best handcuff in all of football You know, Maybe with uh, uh, Tony Pollard Might have something to say about that And a couple of the other guys But uh, Madison to me is solid Uh, Every time Dalvin Cook has missed time Madison was a third down back For the Minnesota Vikings And he put up excellent numbers Looks crisp, looks good I love to have him as the backup to my man, Cook. Um, I did that. I did still need uh, a, a body as bye week filler. Um, obviously, if I have four running backs, two from each team, I'm going to need to fill buys on two different weeks. But in all honesty, that wasn't a primary concern. As long as I had a backup running back that can uh ascend to the number one spot in case of an injury, that to me is much more important than a bye week. A bye week filler you'll get, pick somebody up off the scrap heap if you have to, a uh, pass catching running back for one week, and you're good to go. I would get that later. Uh, again, I was assured a running back one in case of injury. To me, that made all the difference in the world. The targets I had in mind for this bye week running back were uh guys like Rashad Penny, Damian Harris, guys like that. Damian Pierce even, but Pierce and Penny were grabbed. Uh, They were not there when it came around to my turn, so I had to go with Damian Harris. Fine. I hate taking running backs uh, from New England, but he does have a decent chance of at least a 50% timeshare. So, okay, you know, if he gets me 10 points in a given week when I have to put him on my roster or in the starting lineup, I guess I could deal with that. So now we are here at the end of round nine, and I have only drafted running backs and wide receivers. My favorite strategy was in full effect. Uh, In fact, I considered at this point not even taking a quarterback until the end of the draft. And the guy I had in mind for that was Davis Mills. Now that didn't happen. I ended up getting somebody else. But yes, the neck himself, as my friend G calls him, I was Absolutely, I like David Davis Mills a lot, but a guy that fell to me in round eleven, we'll talk about in a bit, is is who I took as my quarterback. But again, it, it's not important to take a QB or a tight end this early. I did start to notice with Zach Ertz, Hunter Henry, and Mike Isicki being scooped up in round ten that we I I, I really needed to get my guy because my guy was coming up on. Um, to be the top tight end and this group here they like to take backup tight ends almost all the teams do so I figured this guy would be taken and that's Cole Komet of the Bears look I don't like the Bears offense you know that I'm not a Justin Fields guy but he's got to throw to somebody and Komet has a chance a legit chance to be the second guy on the team in targets and in a PPR league, I'll take that every time. He scored yesterday in their final preseason game. That's a good sign. I'll, I'll take it. And, uh, you know, throw him on my bench and have a tight end. So now, looking at what was left, coming around in round 11, I spoke about this in a minute, there were slim pickings at wide receiver and running back. It was ugly. And when I tell you ugly, these are guys that I wouldn't start even in a pinch. And it just wasn't appealing to me at all. So I turned around. And I looked at quarterback. Let me filter real quick. I said, I already had five RBs, so I was good there. Yes, I could use another wide receiver, but there were guys that I felt I can get later on. So in looking at quarterback, there were a trio of guys that were still there. And when I tell you their names, you might be surprised. Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, and Matthew Stafford. Okay, I'll take any of those three. So what I did was I just kind of looked at the situation and decided that Dak Prescott had the most upside here. Rodgers is fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but he, his, uh, lack of good wide receivers, playmaking wide receivers scares me. His tight end is not good. Robert Tunyon's not, not good. Yeah, he has Aaron Jones and he has AJ Dillon. I like that. They could be. Especially in that division, a ground and pound team. They played the Lions twice and the Bears twice. They don't need a lot of uh, they don't need a lot of points to beat those teams. So the Packers could end up being a ground and pound, even with Rodgers there. Prescott, he can throw the ball six hundred times in any given year. So uh, and uh, as far as Stafford goes, his elbow was concerning to me. It really is. He's had back and neck problems in the past, and yeah, he's played through a lot of it. But he hasn't been as effective. I don't see him repeating last year either, even with Allen Robinson on board. So the decision was made for Dak Prescott to be the captain of my offense um, at quarterback. So after 11 rounds, in all honesty, my team looked pretty good. I had Dak at quarterback, Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb at, uh, at running back with Hunt, Madison and Harris on the bench. At wide receiver, we had Lamb, Sutton, and Cooks with Elijah Moore, uh, of course, on the bench. Cole Komet was my tight end. And DSTs and kickers started flying off the board. I kept to my plan and just kept building depth. I took Marvin Jones Jr. next to kind of add to the wide receiver depth at the uh, the position. He overperforms every single year. He's a guy that nobody drafts or he gets drafted super late. He had 950 yards uh, receiving last year on a bad Jacksonville team. Do I think that he's going to have a 1,000 yards? Probably not, but I'm not looking for him to start. But if I need him, if there's an injury or a bye week or whatever, I can put him in there, and uh, I'll put Elijah Moore first, but he's definitely somebody I have no qualms in in starting if I have to. But then I did something that I typically never do, and I talked about this a minute ago with the league um with our league, especially drafting backup tight ends. I hate doing this, guys. I absolutely hate doing it, but you need to hear me out. There is a method to my madness. Chicago is, as I mentioned before, so bad. Their offense is so bad. And, and Komet may not catch enough passes or enough touchdowns to be a guy that, that can help me. Uh, it's possible that he's just not who I think he is. If that's the case, then I need to have a backup plan. And there's a guy that I like. I like his skill set. I think he could be a top 12 tight end. And especially the fact that he's with a quarterback that's utilized the tight end in the past. And I'm talking about David Njoku for Cleveland. So the way I look at it this way is, I took Njoku almost at the end of the draft. If he stinks after... Uh, week one or if he's good and commit stinks I can drop one of the tight ends and pick up somebody else if needed so yeah there it is I did it I had to plug my nose to do it I don't like doing it but I had a method to my madness here and we'll see how that all plays out I ended up picking up the Cowboys DST they were the top point scoring defense last year they play Washington twice. They play the Giants twice. They play Philadelphia twice. And I hear everything. And, and I go on about, I, I feel like I beat up on the Eagles. But I'm going to say this because I say it every year. And I'm going to say it again. I'm tired of hearing about how they're stacked. They're not stacked. They don't have a quarterback that can throw the football, number one. And number two, they're not going to blow people out 40-2. to So enough. Calm down with the Philadelphia Eagles people. They're They're a good team. They're going to be fine. They're not going to blow people out. I will take a defense going against them twice, the Giants twice, and Washington twice. Those are six games where I feel that the defense is going to do well. Daniel Jones turns the ball over like a machine, so fire me up some Dallas Cowboys. I know they play Tampa Bay to begin the year. I'll take that lump and be off to the races. As far as my kicker goes, I took Matt Gay for the uh, Rams. The Rams are one of the best offenses in football. He's got one of the best legs in football. He did not uh, do me wrong last year, so I took him this year. And finishing things out with my very, very last pick, I took J.D. McKissick. Look, he's a pass-catching back for a team that's not very good. They're going to have a lot of third and longs. They might be utilizing him a lot. So J.D. McKissick is just fine. Again, he's a guy I threw on there. I can drop him after a few weeks if it looks like they did something different in uh in washington but overall i really do like my team there are no obvious holes Um, my wide receivers and running backs are strong i have a more than competent qb who again throws a lot of passes he can score on the ground when he has to and that uh, offensive line in dallas is very suspect so suspect, in fact, that I think he's going to have to be throwing the football a lot more than he did in, in, even last year. And the tight end I got, I think, should be in line for a decent target share. So, uh, hit me up on Twitter at FF Know It All or email the show, knowitallfantasyfootball at com. Let me know what you think of the team. I am happy to be going to war with this, these troops and, if you have any comments, questions, or uh, anything, you know where to find me, and we will be coming at you this week with the uh, do's and don'ts episode, and I will also highlight the importance of a handcuff. So until then, keep doing everything that you guys can do to dominate your fantasy leagues. Never